Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. There is a political price that effective people have to pay sometimes for standing up for conservative principle. Today we interviewed Douglas Bruce, who has won the battles and paid the price. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On today's show, we have part two of our newsmaking interview with Colorado legend in local politics, Douglas Bruce, who helped pass an amendment to the Constitution, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. Now, on yesterday's show, we explained all about that and what is TABOR, that constitutional part that limits big government's ability to raise your taxes without a vote from the taxpayers. But today, we're going to talk about the personal accusations and history and even price paid by Douglas Bruce for his political effectiveness. Welcome back to the studio, Mr. Bruce. Thank you, Gordon. So I'm honored to have you on this show again. Yesterday we talked all about Tabor. Uh, remind our viewers what they might have seen yesterday. Tabor is an acronym for Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And uh, it gives people the right to vote to control the runaway growth of government financially. It doesn't tell the government what laws to pass or how to spend the money, but it just says if they want a bigger share of our money, either through raising tax rates or putting us into debt, putting our children into debt, which is immoral, I tend to call that fiscal child abuse, um, or having the existing revenue growth so fast that it can't be justified uh, by inflation and population combined, we have a right to vote. There isn't anything in Tabor that prevents the government from asking for more money, but the politicians don't like it because they don't want to ask. They just want to take. And the citizens get the final vote, and it has to be a, a statewide or, or countywide initiative. Right. If they're going to raise your taxes, they got to get 51% of the voters to approve. Right, right. So you passed that into the Colorado Constitution in 1992, and you've been defending it. In fact, you've put more citizen-led ballot initiatives for other issue campaigns on the ballot than any other politician in the history of the state of Colorado since 1910. Wait a minute. Don't call me a politician. Uh, but you have been elected. Retake that, <laughs> no, retake no, no. that position. He, he doesn't like to admit it. When, but I, when I ran for office, my campaign literature said the unpolitician. The unpolitician. Because I supported restrictions on politicians. That's what keeps us free. But you also it's, won a seat in the county commissioner's race. Right. You also won a seat in the Colorado legislature. Right. You're also a former deputy district attorney. Right. You're a successful lawyer and yet you've taken on the big money establishment. Well, as I said yesterday, uh, I consider myself a recovering attorney. Recovering attorney. <laughs> Just like recovering alcoholic, but in this case, recovering attorney, because I don't have a lot of respect having endured this for four decades now, four decades uh, that I've been involved in the legal system and then afterwards in the political system. I, You, you can't respect if you understand what's going on, you can't respect 
what the judges and the lawyers do to advance big government because that's who pays their salary. So having had so much success in taking on the establishment mm -hmm. and defending the rights of the little mm -hmm. guy, you have been under fire. And on today's show, I wanna give you a chance to respond to allegations of past misconduct. And you recently had a conviction. You actually spent uh, a few months in jail because of what you were accused of with regard to whatever the allegations were. But let's take them one at a time. Well, when I was in jail, what I was doing to pass the time was I was reading about Martin Luther King Jr., who yes. went to jail, Mohandas Gandhi in India, who went to jail, yeah. um, various other people, even Henry David Thoreau, he went to jail Oh, supposedly for his objection to paying taxes for the Mexican War in 1846, and various other people in history, some legendary, some actual, who have been, I don't like to use the word tax protest because those are people who say we should never pay any taxes. I believe in tax limitation because the definition of freedom to me is limited government. It's not anarchy, but it's just limits on government under the rule of law. Well, because you took that stand, they came after you, and you have paid the price. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into specific accusations and Douglas Bruce's response. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection. For example, Military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also faced punishment if they dare to object to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Are you frustrated at the direction your country is headed? Are you ready to fight for a cause and change the world? Do you believe God has called Christians to make a difference? Announcing a new book by Chaplain Gordon Klingenschmidt entitled How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, a step-by-step -step guide to take back your country. Dr. Alan Keyes wrote the foreword saying, This book needs to be placed in the hands of every millennial and Bible-believing pastor in America. In How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, Gordon Klingenschmidt equips you with 30 powerful political tools in a 30-day devotional. His 15 inspiring true stories of political victory prove the effectiveness of these methods. You don't even need to get elected to take back your government. By becoming the media, gathering petitions, building an army, and prayerfully fighting the right enemy, you can reverse bad laws and help establish the kingdom of God right now. But if you read this book, you just might get elected too. Order your copy today. It's available in the Superstore at WND.com on Amazon. And you can get the first chapter free right now if you visit the website 
schooloflibertyorg Again, that's schooloflibertyorg That's schooloflibertyorg It's time to take back your country. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Douglas Bruce. Uh, Mr. Bruce, let me take some of these in sequence now. In, uh, let's go back to, say, 2008. You had been a county commissioner for three years. You were elected in a vacancy committee hearing to the Colorado legislature. Right. But they did not want you to take that seat. Uh, how did your entry to the Colorado legislature begin and what happened? Well, when you say they didn't want me to take the seat, the people locally voted for me. They wanted me to take that seat in the Republican Vacancy Committee. Um, but it's the politicians in Denver, which is a much more liberal, big government environment. They did all kinds of uh, things that are dishonest and uh, evasive and it just outright deception. Uh, they what, they what, accused you of kicking a photographer right? during the, the opening prayer or Pledge of Allegiance. Right, and people can go to my website, douglasbruce.com, and there's a menu item for General Assembly, which is our legislature, and in there there's an item called the nudge. I didn't kick anybody. I'm not a kicking type. I'm a nonviolent person. I believe in doing things peacefully. Um, but uh, they claimed that I kicked somebody, which I did not do. And they were doing that to distract from a press conference that I was trying to have to decry and, and uh, object to the 75th anniversary of the legislature passing all of its laws by calling them declared emergencies and saying that you can't um, disagree with this law, you can't have a right to petition because we just declared this to be an emergency. And they've been doing that since 1933. So 2008 was the 75th anniversary and uh, they, they passed these things, it's called a safety clause, and it, they're just lies. So they wanted to distract people by making up something saying I kicked somebody, which I did not do. So I've interviewed an eyewitness to that event. Uh, Senator Kevin Lundberg at the time was a state representative with right. you. And right. he, told, he tells me that as they were saying the prayer, everyone's head was bowed, but they had cameras up in your face. Right. And you nudged a camera away from yourself and then they accused you of, of assaulting someone. That's right. And uh, they had their phony hearing where I could not ask any questions of the witnesses or produce my own witnesses or anything. It was a, I would call it a kangaroo court proceeding, except that that would be an embarrassment to kangaroos. <laughs> and it resulted in a censure? A, a censure. I'm the only person, I'm proud to say, the only person in the history of Colorado to be censured by the legislature, but they are to utterly dishonest people. Uh, Mr. Lundberg was the only person that voted against my being censured, so it passed like 62 to 1. They wouldn't even let me vote on the issue. I, gee, I thought that when you go to the legislature, you're there to be able to vote, <laughs> but they wouldn't let me vote. So, and And they did various other things that were dishonest in that regard, but... Uh, but you did have some effectiveness in your time in the legislature, and then you were primaried the following year. Mark Waller took you on. Same year. 
uh, the same year, uh, and he beat you 52 to 48 in a Republican primary. Right. Was was the were the newspapers against you, or how did that race unfold? The newspapers are always against me. I mean, I have a lot of uh, similarity in terms of my experiences with what President Trump is going through in Washington in terms of so-called fake news. People don't, they want to take time to know the actual facts, the actual reality. They just want to um, have something colorful and the media thinks that it's their job to knock down anybody who's prominent, if, regardless of why you're prominent. They're just envious and so they um, uh, did all kinds of dishonest things, as my opponent did as well. I mean, I can document them in great detail, but there's... Well, after you left the Colorado legislature, you went back to running issue campaigns, and you successfully defeated the rain tax on several occasions. You defeated, uh, you know, big government's effort to raise people's taxes on several occasions, and they were still mad at you into 2012, 2013, and, and after that, they accused you of some tax evasion or, right. or misdeeds with regards to your personal right. taxes. Utterly fraudulent, and the people can see that again at my website under Denver Tax Case at douglasbruce.com. And uh, when I was the county commissioner, when I ran for office, I said, I'm not a politician, I'm the unpolitician, as I just told you. And so what they, um, did was they took the fact that I had given away my entire salary for three years to charity because I'm not, I'm independently financially successful. I didn't need the salary um, and I didn't want people to say that I was being some kind of a hypocrite. So I gave 63000 a year for three years, the gross amount, including taxes due and pension and all that other stuff. I gave it to a 501c3 charity that I had set up years before. And I told people I would do that. So I kept my campaign promise in my campaign literature. And uh, they said at the state level that, uh, well, he didn't pay taxes, so therefore he's guilty of tax evasion. What they don't understand is you have things called tax deductions for charitable donations. And the IRS never, never had a complaint with you. The IRS audited those years and said, I owed nothing, zip, nada, zilch. And so they said, uh, but they would not allow me to subpoena any witnesses in my trial, none. So even though it's in the Constitution that, that you have a right to subpoena witnesses, people know that are listening in, they would not allow me time to get an attorney. They would not allow me a local jury trial. All three of those are violations of the Sixth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And they even changed the charge after the evidence was all in. They changed the charge. Imagine having a trial where the charge is altered after the case is over. And um, so, I, I itemized 56 constitutional violations, but they don't care because they are saturated with corruption uh, from top to bottom, not just the attorney general's office that brought the charges. Remember, prosecuting a former prosecutor who's never been arrested in his life. Um, so they said, um, well, we're not gonna let you 
uh, have these witnesses from the IRS who wrote a report saying, I'm innocent. No fraud, no loss, no revenue that was concealed, none, zip, no dollars, nothing. And they wouldn't let me present that to the jury. They wouldn't even let me submit the report. Apart from not letting me call the IRS agents, they wouldn't even let me submit the report. So it was what's known as a railroad job. Let me ask, what was the final charge and what were you convicted of wrongdoing? Um, basically, they said tax evasion. And, and having a tax deduction is not tax evasion. Tax deductions are set up by the government to encourage people to do things like give money to charities or but their church. But you were church. not evading federal taxes, you were evading state. I wasn't evading any taxes. The Colorado tax return, line one of the Colorado tax return says, what is your federal taxable income? Your federal taxable income. My federal taxable income was zero because I gave away my entire salary. Yep. Okay, so it was zero. And they said, oh, because it's zero, you evaded your taxes, which is a lie. In the state of Colorado. I think yeah. I understand now. Uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll ask Douglas Bruce about the time that he spent in jail. And now, what are his plans for appeal? Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Are you frustrated at the direction your country is headed? Are you ready to fight for a cause and change the world? Do you believe God has called Christians to make a difference? Announcing a new book by Chaplain Gordon Klingenschmidt entitled How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, a step-by-step -step guide to take back your country. Dr. Alan Keyes wrote the foreword saying, this book needs to be placed in the hands of every millennial and Bible-believing pastor in America. In How to Liberate the World in 30 Days, Gordon Klingenschmidt equips you with 30 powerful political tools in a 30-day devotional. His 15 inspiring true stories of political victory prove the effectiveness of these methods. You don't even need to get elected to take back your government. By becoming the media, gathering petitions, building an army, and prayerfully fighting the right enemy, you can reverse bad laws and help establish the kingdom of God right now. But if you read this book, you just might get elected too. Order your copy today. It's available in the Superstore at WND.com on Amazon, and you can get the first chapter free right now if you visit the website SchoolofLiberty.org. Again, that's SchoolofLiberty.org. That's SchoolofLiberty.org. It's time to take back your country. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Joined again by Douglas Bruce, who is, in my mind, a very respectable hero, even a legend in Colorado politics. Not for any of the wrongdoing, and I'm not on the jury. I don't know if he did right or wrong, honestly. But, Mr. Bruce, I want to give you the opportunity to state your side of the case for the public record. You've done so very articulately. 
and yet you were convicted. You did spend some time in jail last year. I was convicted because I was framed. It's just that simple. They don't let somebody have a local jury trial. They don't let me have anybody have the right to subpoena witnesses, which is a constitutional right. They didn't allow me to even, they never even gave me a copy in writing of the charges. Can you imagine having to go through a trial where they wouldn't give you a written copy of the charges? I mean, it was just a totally fraudulent proceeding. It sounds like there were lacking due process. Of course. And yet the charges stuck. Was there a jury who decided you were guilty? The jury decision has nothing to do with due process. Right. The jury was kept in the dark because <clears throat> I was not allowed to have a wit. Even though I don't have a duty to prove my innocence, I was able to prove my innocence, but they wouldn't listen to the witnesses. They wouldn't listen or allow me to submit the public records. And the judge and the prosecutor were, you know, berating me. It's, it's a totally disgusting proceeding. And I remember, I'm a former prosecutor, so I know how courts are supposed to operate. I've, I'm a student of the Constitution. That's why I kept it close to my heart for years. What did it years. feel like? Now, I've been convicted in a court when I was a Navy chaplain. They found me guilty of worshiping in public. And I, I remember what it felt like to feel that conviction and to suffer the consequence. What did it feel like to you when you suffered that injustice? I was uh, angry and disgusted. Um, I didn't have any remorse because I had done nothing wrong. I gave my money to charity. Right. I kept my campaign promise. Imagine the idea that somebody who makes a political promise and keeps his promise gets put in jail for keeping his promise. It's well, crazy. You did serve, I, I'm guessing, 10 or 11 months in jail, and then you were released early on probation, but the judge put some limits on your conduct if he, if he lets you out of jail early. What were you limited in? Well, going to jail was uh, three and a half months in actual custody, and then they said various silly things. I don't drink at all. I've never drunk because I come from a family of alcoholics. Yeah. And uh, so I don't drink, but they insisted that I uh, call up every morning to find out if it was my day to go submit a urinalysis. Every day. Every day on parole. And uh, you know, they just met month after month after month, and then when it was my day, according to their code, then I would go in and give them a sample. And of course, there was never anything there because I don't drink. Um, that's one of the many stupid things that they have as, as a requirement. Why was your parole revoked and then you went back in? Well, technically it was a probation that was revoked and then I went in and then when you get out the second time, that's on parole. I see. Um, so they uh, had said that I had not reported soon enough uh, a property that I sold. It's my property. I sold it. I even told the probation officer that I sold it. And then a year later, she says, oh, I don't remember. Okay? And, and they don't... <laughs> I so mean, the judge so, required, so absurd. required strict self-reporting of all your financial dealings? Right. And they also restricted your ability to get involved in political issues. Uh, they couldn't dare to do that openly. But they're trying to do it, and of course, they're trying to ruin my political credibility uh, because 
uh, they're saying, oh, Douglas Bruce fell and fell and fell, and therefore anything he says about why we should not vote for this tax increase, you can't believe him because he's a felon. Even though the only felony I committed, I jokingly call it felony philanthropy. <laughs> I gave away my money to a charity, a tax-deductible charity, and did what the government encourages. It encourages people to make deductions yeah. and, and give away their money. And so, But they punished me for that. Not the federal government, but the state government. And the person who led the prosecution is now the mayor of Colorado Springs, and he wanted me returned to prison because he saw me standing out at the local high school during a Republican meeting, handing out flyers for candidates for mayor. And one side was about his candidacy. Um, and I criticized it, told people in print all the stuff that he'd done wrong. And I had it framed at the top. It was a picture of him with all this stuff that he'd done wrong. And at the top it said, unwanted. So it was an unwanted poster. Nice. And he was there watching me, and I had other people say that they observed him glaring at me. And right after that, they revoked my probation. So it's interesting that our Colorado Springs mayor, John Southers, a, a former attorney general of the state, and, and I think a mm -hmm. lifetime prosecutor, got mad at you for passing out flyers against his campaign, and right. you, you believe he went after you in, in court to make sure that your probation it, was revoked. No, no question about it. Yeah. He has said so many dishonest things before and after the time he did that. He said that he wasn't picking on me. Um, he was just treating me like anybody other person that owed taxes. Well, that, that was not true because um, he had a statewide press release. We, we have just a minute left, Doug, but let me ask. They want you to just shut up and go away. Are you going to shut up and go away? No. I'm going to speak out as long as God gives me breath because I believe in uh, my favorite Bible verse is John 8.32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Wow. And I believe that I'm here, and I went through this whole experience even going back to law school because I was to do this for a particular purpose because I think God wants all of us to be free. This man is called by God to fight the good fight and you can't say he's left anything on the field. He continues to this day undeterred to fight for the taxpayers. Douglas Bruce, thank you for coming on this program. His, his uh, website is douglasbruce.com. I'll give you the last word. Well, thank you for this opportunity to get part of the record straight. It's a, it's a long, gruesome story and people find it hard to believe, but it's all documented. It's, it's not a matter of paranoia or fantasy. It all really happened. And the people in the Colorado government, top to bottom, are saturated with corruption, dishonesty. And it's, it's a sad thing. And that's why I'm going to continue to fight it so long, so long as God gives me breath. Thank God for that. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer today, call us at 866-ObeyGod. We'll see you next time. Today, I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. 
But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.